welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Working Title with Keyshawn Rains. I am Keyshawn Rains, and this is my podcast. Today's episode features a very special guest. This is someone that I actually met at the earlier part of this year in a sacred ceremony space, and it turns out that she was also present at a black lesbian retreat that I participate in as a facilitator of workshops, etc, etc. And as it turns out, we just connected and stayed connected over the last couple of months. And I found her in the same spaces that I was in. And thankfully, she was willing to say yes to my request to be a part of the podcast. What's interesting is the conversation that you are about to listen to was one where I actually felt like I was being coached and guided and spoken into in such a positive and beautiful and empowering way that you'll notice there's parts of the conversation where I'm really, really, really just getting my life and really just listening to all of the really Really, I'm going to say really like 10 times because it's just that dope. This woman is a phenomenal coach. She is a transformational coach. She is a healer. She is a teacher. She's an instructor. And she is also an empowerer of women and of all people that she has the privilege of interacting with. She's very active on social media. You'll find that she frequently does Facebook lives. And if you haven't already had a chance to check her out, I strongly encourage you to do so. This conversation is with the lovely, amazing Ms. Zuri Walker. So take a moment, get comfortable, allow yourself a couple of long, deep cleansing breaths and get ready to listen to another conversation. Hello there. Hi. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. So so we're going to dive right in and I'm going to start off by giving you the mic, so to speak, and let you introduce yourself to the listeners. And if you would share your name your astrological sign and one of your passions. Okay. <laughs> Trying to think, what do I want to say about one of my passions? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hi, my name is Zori Walker. I'm an Aries, all that fire. One of my passions, truth be told, my passion is about awakening and releasing the soul's potential. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean in doing that for myself and others? And uh, that's what lights me up and moves me every day through this world. Mm. I like that. Ooh, Can you tell me a little bit more about what that looks like for you? Yes. Yeah. So what that looks like for me is on multiple levels. One um, simply is having the honor and privilege of now living my calling where I've basically eliminated the concept of work because that which I do is that which I love, is that which I am, which is in transformational coaching and helping souls awaken to the greatness of who they really are by eliminating some of the limiting patterns and conditioning and barriers that hold us back to keeping, you know, that prevent us from letting our souls live out its true potential. Um, and that also comes out in the simple things in day, you know, in the day-to-day lives of how do I, you know, releasing that potential of how do I even just find joy for myself in creating that? Because I'll be honest, there were times I get so deep into doing my soul's calling and life work, I forget that there's also just our soul's joy. And for me, that joy comes through simple things like dance. Every form of dance and travel and connecting with all sorts of different people and exploring and cooking healthy foods, you know, so all sorts of different things like that as well um, is how that is how that plays out where, you know, every day, you know, how can I 
make this, you know, bring more love and joy into my day? And how can I, you know, really just create a sacred experience in how I'm living life? And I think some of the most sacred things we can do is to be happy and joyful. Mm. I'm glad we're chatting because I wanted to honor and acknowledge you for all that exciting Mm. stuff, but it's also the crazy stuff when you're stretching, you know, into those unknown things. But, you know, that's what... It's what strengthens and grows us and, you know, takes us to that next level. So that's really, that's really awesome. As practitioners of whatever it is we're doing, we're really good at, you know, we're in the work. And so what we talk about is the work. It's said that is really powerful that resonates with me as well as the lesson learned is, um, about you being a leader. And I think that's the other thing where sometimes we wash it down (laughs) because we're like, I want to create a, you know, I'm creating the collective that really still requires is really strong leadership, really clear vision and, you know, really clarity of the leader. And I've, you know, I've dealt with this with things where it's like, you know what, you know, I was so big on being deep in the work and it's like, yeah, I've mastered, I know how to transform people's lives. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, as it relates to building the tribe, I've got to, it requires me to step out, you know, stand up and step out in a bigger way mm-hmm. and shine my light right. in a bigger way. And I think that's one of the things is, yeah, be, you know, this is, this is you, right. You're creating, this is your vision. Well, what is actually your vision? What is it that you want to create? Because that's why people want to support. You know, just the same way where I'm sure you, you know, like and appreciate some of the other coaches, but have you been doing Lisa Nichols all this time for the other coaches or because you've been, you know, you buy into the vision and you buy into the power of Lisa Nichols and that's infectious, you know? So it's because she's standing big in her Mm. life that's bringing you not because she's letting everyone else you know stand up in their power but it's because of her big light that you know empowers them in a whole different way and I think it's one of the biggest challenges and that's and just that you're not standing in your light and then they're not standing in theirs right it makes so much sense like as you're saying that I was just coming up for me was you know how can their light shine if I'm not shining mine and that yeah that thank you for that because that definitely, that's something that's been coming up for me, you know, through this whole time since that we learned in the education that we receive and, you know, what it costs necessarily. And it's not always money. And sometimes it is, it's money and time. And those are two things that I hold in pretty high regard <laughs> as far as valuable. Never get back money, you know, obviously is abundant. Whenever I think about my big vision, big plan, big picture, I always see myself as, you know, someone who has a crew, a team of people, because I know that while I can touch a lot of people by myself, I imagine how many people could we touch Mm -hmm. together? How many people could we, you know, impact together? But then I have to also look at, there's always a leader, you know, like Martin had was a leader, but there was a whole bunch of people who collected around him who also believed in his vision. Not to say that those other people were of less value, but there was only one leader, right. you know what I mean? And I think about that a lot. And I think it really boils down to me, you know, getting, getting in my own face, you know what I'm saying? And saying to myself, okay, Keyshawn, now this is what you said you wanted. And you feel that this is your purpose. And this is when you feel like you really show up and when you really expand. So here it is, you know, take, take the stage, stand in the spotlight and be okay with that because that, that voice sometimes I have that voice in my head that tells me you ain't shit. You're not really that good. Yeah. You know, you know, you're not really as cool right. as you think you are. And you know, it comes up and it tells me all kind of stuff. And for me, sometimes that voice can be very, very tricky. And it's like, well, don't get too big because you don't want to be arrogant. You know, don't get too big because then you don't want people to think that you, better you know, wow, that wow, you're wow. better than yeah. them. You know, don't do that. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I should I should be humble. And and recognizing that humility has nothing to do with being small, no. you know, or, or dimming your light. Like, no, I can remain humble and also shine brightly and impact a lot of people. So absolutely. I mean, you know, this is this right here, you know, like. This is also, you know, the collective and, you know, yes. like where we've got to support one another. And it's actually reminding me on some 
other pieces of the calling that I've got to, you know, step into in creation. Shining that light and not being, you know, because we want to support one another, but then we're a lot, you know, so often we're like, oh, well, I don't want to tell someone about this or that. But you know what? How can we not? Lessons, you know, like I've been learning over these past couple of years and I've literally been paying, you know, I'm like pay, shucking out the, do- the dollars to learn and then still had to learn it on my own. Like how... How would I not, you know, be able to say, hey, sis, like, let's look at this and let's, you know, look at this for ourselves because this is, you know, we need that encouragement and support to keep stepping up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what it's, you know, that's what it's. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree because I, I feel like if we're not if we're not willing to, to show each other, to teach each other and to support each other, like you said, because support isn't always yes, 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 everything you're doing is wonderful and great. You know, that's, that's one layer of it. I think the other layer of support is I like you, I trust you, and I, I feel like I know you enough to be able to say, have you looked at this? Have you considered that? Have you taken a second look at this? Especially when, <clears throat> you know, it's like if you see someone who's kind of flailing, you know what I mean? Then you would, I would hope, would offer to, to grab their hand and, you know, pull them up or, you know, dust them off and remind them, or you see someone fall off their bike, you're going to stop and say, Hey, are you okay? How can I help you? That's support. You know, it's not just throwing money at something or even throwing time at something, something it really, sometimes it really is taking a moment to say, Hey, you know, I've, I've experienced some, some of what you might be experiencing right now. And, positioning it in a way, like you said, are, is it okay if I give you some feedback and allowing that person to open themselves up and receive it is, is what I think support looks like as well, you know, because I would much rather have the people that are in my community, my tribe, my collective feel safe enough and confident enough to be able to say, Hey, Keyshawn, have you considered this? Because nine times out of 10, I either have not considered it at all. And it was something I really needed to look at or it was something that came up for me, but I just kind of wafted it away because it's like, I don't have a solution for that right now. I'm going to put that aside. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, no, mm-hmm. I know that. Yes, I know that universe. But right now I don't have time. I don't even know how to approach it. So I'll just push it aside. But it could be right. that thing that I really, really need to be looking at that could totally shift, you know, the direction of whatever it is that I'm working on. So that's why I agree. My next question I have for you is what do you do? for self-care? How do you practice self-care? Yeah, that's a great one. And, you know, self-care, I've really been, um, in my work, I've really evolved in my understanding and defining self-care. And so I'll answer the question and then I'll give my expanded definition. Great. And so, um, Some of the things I do, one is my daily, you know, just my daily spiritual practice with uh, prayer and meditation and gratitude and, you know, moving my body, you know, bringing in physical health, whether I'm getting an intense workout in or doing some basic breathing and yoga movements. Um, I've learned that... I've got to uh, create more moments and space for rest. Mm. That rest is um, something that we just don't do enough of. We think we're resting, but we're not. Social media is not resting. Uh, TV is not resting and rejuvenating. Some things of even reading, depending on what it is we're reading, you know, right. it could be some tr- you know trashy stuff, mm-hmm. you know, or some <laughs> yummy stuff to our mind. But it's not, you know, we're not actually resting and giving our bodies and souls time to rejuvenate, or resting and allowing what's really present within us to come out so we can work with it, even if it's not things that don't feel good, which is why we distract ourselves so much. So those are things, you know, that I incorporate and, you know, really putting myself, um, eating, putting good food in my body, you know, that's self-care. Even doing things I um, treated, I, you know, treated myself to some indulgent, uh, 
facial products or skin creams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have a rose infused one and every time it's a night cream and every time I put this rose cream on my face, I'm literally infusing that love. And I tell myself every time this is self-care. Mm. I'm caring for my body. I'm caring for my face and it feels amazing. So it's the you know, it really has come down to the simple things. It doesn't, you know, have to be these big acts, which is why I think a lot of times we find, especially as women, uh, blocks in giving self-care because it's got to be this big, huge block of time, which we don't have. So we keep putting it off and it just becomes another thing to do versus it's the series of simple things. Mm. And, um, you know, whatever it is that our minds, bodies, and souls need, And that's where I started, you know, I've come to realize because I work with this with my clients, I continue evolving and working this with myself is one of the, I believe one of the constrictions around self-care is that we think it's in action, Mm. is that we see it only as a doing and something that's external as opposed to a piece of how, of our being of who we are. And as long as it continues to be a doing, then that's something outside of us. And that's something that keeps us separate from it versus it's something that's inherently who we are and about a necessary form of our existence. The same way that we've got to breathe, we've got to eat, we've got to love ourselves Mm -hmm. and take care of ourselves. And that for me has started to become the shift you know, where it's that self-care, it's an act of love. It's an act of, you know, my survival, but not just survival. It's my God-given right as a human of who I am and who I need to be. I need this for my sustenance. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree because I like that you said that when we start to look at self-care like something that we have to be doing, that requires an action, you know, even like a physical exertion of energy that is, it's easy to put it under the umbrella of work. And, you know, we all do work, whether it's a a job, a career, self-employed, employed, whatever it is, adding another item to the work list is the last thing that any of us really want to do. Whereas if we think of self-care as a state of being, you know, sometimes just sitting on a bench near the ocean by yourself off of your phone, not reading a book, not journaling, not anything. And just loving yourself is self-care. And just, you know, like sometimes I tell people like I'm, I'm practicing self-care right now, actually. And they're like, well, you're not doing anything. You're just sitting here. I'm like, I know, but I'm, I'm enjoying myself while I'm sitting here, you know, and and I'm, and I'm, I'm enjoying myself. So that is self-care. And, and I, I really like that you said that you put that so beautifully. And I think that, the way you described it resonates with me because even as I'm listening, I'm like, I'm practicing self-care right now. I'm, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. thinking about, I'm thinking about loving myself right now and it feels good and I feel warm and yes. I feel like I want to smile. And, you know, I think get, getting back to the purpose or the intention and I know that self-care is, is trending now and it's a hashtag and it's everywhere and, you know, it's being utilized to, um, you know, advertise and promote all sorts of really cool activities. But sometimes it's just as simple as um, doing something nice for yourself. Like you said, I went, I went to this workshop a couple, I'd say almost a year ago now, and um, the woman who was facilitating it, the workshop was about applying makeup as an act of self-care. And I never mm-hmm. even, I was like applying makeup. What the heck? Just out of pure <laughs> curiosity. I'm like, let me go see what she's talking about. And I went in there and now when I apply makeup, it's more of a ritual. It's a, mm-hmm. it's not, I'm covering myself because there's something wrong with the way that I look. It's more, I'm enhancing myself because I like the way that I look and I'm using makeup to enhance, you know, the goodness that's already there. Right. It's so, I mean, that's, And, you know, like that's where it is, where it's shifting, it's shifting our mentality where it's really coming back to, it's got, it's coming back to love and coming back to loving ourselves and expanding ourselves, you know, and then to be able to bring that consciousness to it, that that is what we're doing. I mean, and that's what I, you know, when I say like making, making our moments sacred, of what, you know, what's the intentionality that if I'm making 
this love. I'm making this, you know, I'm expanding myself and loving myself. It's beautiful. Like I've actually had the, I love hearing that. And I've had uh, some of the, done the opposite Mm. where I've allowed myself to go to events or I just met a new friend at a swanky rooftop hotel and didn't put makeup on Mm. and gave myself permission Mm -hmm. you know like that in that moment in the same way was an act of self-care of I have permission that I don't have to put makeup on and I can just show up and be beautiful in my skin and both are equally as, you know, as valid, but it's, you know, because self-care, one thing it's, I always, I put it like this, Mm -hmm. there's no, you know, the idea of good or bad, right or wrong. It's all relative. You know, the deeper you get on this journey, you know, that all starts falling away. Mm -hmm. Um, But expansion and contraction, the very thing you do, you know, the very act of you putting on makeup and making it sacred and a self-care act for another woman is a contraction because, mm. you know, it is something that she's hiding behind. And in that same way, for me, it was an expansion in that moment to not put it on, right. at, you know, which would be a contraction for another woman. So everything, I think, in that self-care, truly self-care is allowing us to expand into deeper levels of love. And what does that mean? Because, you know, it may not mean, you know, we've got these things on the massage and the manis and the petties and, you know, all of that for self-care, but maybe the bigger expansion is taking 10 minutes and sitting with ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, and falling in love and you hit it. Like, that's my favorite, you know, the, the indulgence we have of, you know, living in on the West coast, you know, close to a beach sitting, you know, sitting by water or going any form of water. Mm -hmm. It could be a lake, you know, in a park or something, or just being in nature is just powerful. Yeah. Self-care is just powerful expanding into our souls, expanding into the vastness of who we are and loving ourselves. Even if some of that expansion sometimes is into the sides of us that's not pretty. And I don't mean on the out, you know, Mm -hmm. on those parts and expanding and loving those parts. Yes. Yes. That's self-care. Yes. I completely agree. And I, you, you touched on something earlier where you said that sometimes we, you know, we busy ourselves as a distraction because the idea of creating the time or taking the time to just be with ourselves can sometimes be off-putting. You know, it's like, I think of it like sometimes for me, like being with myself, depending on, you know, what my, my day looks like or what my week looks like. The idea of sitting with myself is like cleaning out your garage. Like, Ooh, ooh, I don't even, I can't even think about that right now because there is so much in there. (laughs) I don't want to face it, you know? So being with ourselves sometimes while getting to that sweet spot where we're falling in love with ourselves is our goal going through the other parts of us, the shadow parts of us that we don't necessarily want to look at can sometimes be a deterrent from even practicing self-care altogether. But I like that you said that it just becomes, it's not a thing we have to check off of our to-do list or even a thing that we have to schedule, but it just becomes a thing that we really look forward to. And it becomes almost a necessity, like breathing, like we got to breathe to be able to nourish our physical bodies and our, you know, our blood and our, you know, our mental body as well. But taking, taking self-care and making it something that is more of a gift for yourself, as opposed to something that you have to do, I think is really important for people to know and knowing that it doesn't look the same for everyone. And I appreciate you for presenting that, that contrast is like what one practice looks like for someone looks different for someone else. Some people don't like massage. Maybe some people don't want to be touched, you know, whereas other people really enjoy hiking and some people are like, no, I'm not really feeling heights. And so it's finding that thing that makes you feel good. And I realize that it's different for everyone. You know, for some people, it's just, I want to go to the park and take my shoes off and just put my feet in the grass. And that feels good. And that lets me get grounded. And that makes me feel connected. You know, like you said, for me, it's, I'm a water sign. I'm a cancer. Water is my, is one of my greatest tools to reset. You know, when I'm having a moment, even if I'm driving and I'm like, oh my God, I'm having a moment. I need to roll my windows down and go just drive by the ocean or go sit by the water and just take a moment to disconnect, to unplug and to reset. So yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to give you a, 
a real, this is like real time, real life right now. Mm -hmm. And me processing this, that even how this is serving me right now is a good reminder. There was, um, uh, I just found out last night about a, um, death of someone of someone of a family member of someone who I care about Mm. and, you know, really tragic young person, you know, um, who, you know, their spouse suddenly died and it's terrible. And, um, I've lost my mother and I've come to realize with death that, and I've had to in dealing with it and going through the dying process, I created, my mind created a very great wall Mm. And so when things come up around that, it doesn't even like penetrate my heart. Right. It's like, you know, there I'm, and there's a part where I thought I was being strong mm. um, by because it doesn't break me down and I can keep moving. And I'm the great one who will like, OK, but we need to do this and we need to do that. And what about that? And, you know, we'll keep it moving and get things done. And people are like, oh, my gosh, how do you do all you know, how did you do all that? And blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting with that. And realizing I've developed such a fine, <laughs> fine, uh, well-honed mechanism mm. of not dealing, when it comes to death, of not dealing with my feelings. Mm-hmm. That same mechanism, you know, has come up with all of the, you know, like all of these shootings and Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and, you know, all of these things that it doesn't even emotionally penetrate me. Right. And so here's where self-care comes. Well, first of all, Self-care comes in doing the work that I can. It took me years to see where I can see this for myself Mm -hmm. as before. We just hide behind our walls Mm -hmm. and it's time where we've got to let ourselves see our walls, give ourselves permission to see that we've got these thick barriers that keep us there. And I get it. You know, it happens with my clients where women just don't want to penetrate the barriers Mm -hmm. because they're like, shoot, if I touch that, Mm -hmm. you 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 had touched on it before, like, I'm there's so much there, I'm gonna, you know, like go to mush, I'm not gonna be able to function. Right. But it's so important, you know, self-care means giving ourselves that room to stop and pause and feel that. Right. And you know, like I've had to earmark that today. You know what, Zori? You've gotta let yourself feel that. You know, like I'm processing, I'm holding space, mm-hmm. I'm holding space for the person, I'm holding space for others who are processing you know, yada, yada, yada. And you know what? Self-care means I've got to do that for myself. Right. We, you know, I, you've seen, you know, we show up for everyone else. We know how to do that, but it means showing up for ourselves when we've, when we've forgotten or tell ourselves the story that we don't need it. Right. And to see the truth that we do or to self-care sometimes is asking for help, yes. is asking for that support. Like I'm having a hard time. Mm-hmm. This is, this is, you know, hard for me. And can you, you know, like, I just need a hug or I just need that space for someone to let, you know, to let me cry or, right. you know, give myself that moment to cry because crying and letting our guards down is not weakness. Right. It is the most powerful act of strength because when we don't, it just keeps eating us up and creating more disconnect from who we are. And I think that's some of the biggest self most powerful self-care that we can do for ourselves. Mm. I... I completely agree. And I, I had an experience like that last week where I, you know, wasn't, and it's so, it's so crazy how those moments happen. Cause it's never when I plan for it, like today, I'm going to have a breakthrough on this. You know, it never, never quite, <laughs> right. ha- I might say, you know, I'm open to breakthroughs and I'm, it's one of the things I affirm. I'm open to receive breakthroughs. I'm open to receive, you know, newness, but I don't know when or how it's going to show up. And Last week I was with a friend and interestingly enough, it was after she had listened to a podcast that we had recorded weeks ago because they don't always, you know, publish immediately. Sometimes they get archived and move around and so on and so forth. But she had listened to and she said, you know, via text girl, I really needed to hear that today. And that turned into a conversation that lasted for hours and hours. And it was a moment where I completely let my wall fall you know, and we were sitting, you know, in her car and her son was practicing track. And I just looked at her and was like, and the tears just started to come. And in that moment, I was like, oh my God, am I crying in front of Tamara right now? What am I doing? What? You know, like my little voice was like, Mm -hmm. wait a minute. No, we're strong. We don't do that. You know what I mean? And it was like, no, I need this right now. And it felt so good 
to be able to let that wall fall. And in the moment, I didn't feel weak. I really felt like I'm really letting my friends see me. And this feels really good. And even though we've known each other for years, now I feel even closer to her. And I feel more real. And I feel more myself, you know? And I think that in itself was me caring for myself, you know, in a way that I hadn't really done. And I like that you that you touched on that being allowed to cry and allowed to release. And, you know, it it goes deep with that why we've been conditioned to believe that crying is an act is a sign of weakness, you know, especially for men. Um, but you know, why releasing emotion or showing emotion is a sign of weakness. And in reality, it creates huge barriers that disconnect us from ourselves and from other people and from, you know, source or universe or spirit or God, whatever you want to call it. And in, in reality, it's such a disservice. You know, we think that, oh, I'm putting up this wall because like you said, dealing with something like death and learning to cope with it and learning to heal from it because coping and healing are not the same thing. You know, coping is completely different. You know, coping is is a band aid, and underneath the band aid is where the healing is actually happening. But coping is that thing that allows us to get through the day. Coping is the thing that allows us to show up and go to work and be a parent or be a whatever it is you need to do. That's what the coping methods do. But the healing still needs to happen because once the coping methods start to come off like training wheels, if the healing hasn't happened, then the coping is just a cover up. You're not actually healing anything. Yep. You're not actually growing through it. You're not actually moving forward. And I think that it does show up for a lot of us through loss. You know, loss might be a, a physical death. Loss might be the loss of a relationship, the loss of a lover, a loss of a, you know, a friendship, the loss of a job, whatever it is. And we don't necessarily learn how to heal from that. We might learn how to mm-hmm. cope from it, like losing a, a romantic relationship and your girlfriends are like, oh, we're going to go out and we're going to do this and work on this mm-hmm. and work on that because those are all coping methods. Those are distractions so that the healing sort of, you think, oh, I'm going to cope so that the healing, the healing's just going to happen. I'm just creating this container of coping so the healing could just happen over there. But if we don't actually go over there <laughs> to ourselves and actually do some work and work again might be sitting with yourself work might look like taking a walk work might look like going for a swim but work is something that is only us that's doing it you know we might go to workshops or work with coaches or read books or you know things that give us tools but I find that it's when I put every single tool down (laughs) and just sit (laughs) by myself, not even on my meditation cushion, not even with the incense lit, not even with the, (laughs) when I just sit, I'm telling you, it's in those moments that I'm like, oh, here it is. Here I am. Okay. Yeah. Something's actually happening. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that divine intelligence that lives within each and every one of us that that which, you know, soul, God, universe, you know, wherever, whatever we want to put the label on what it is, it still is that thing inside of us that knows exactly what to do and how to move us through it. Us, no one else, no tools. I love how you said that. Um, but we block that intelligence, that divine intelligence from coming through for ourselves. Right. We, bo- you know, we block it through the distractions. We block it through the story that our minds tell us of, I don't know, I don't know what to do. So if you keep telling yourself you don't know what to do, then yeah, you don't know. You haven't made the room for the divine intelligence to come through. Right. But we all innately know what to do. We've just got to give, you know, like you said, it doesn't need to be the tools, the fancy stuff, the nothing, but to give ourselves the space to let, to let that divine intelligence come up and come through. Yeah. Yeah. We stubborn sometimes. <laughs> we, yes. we are really stubborn sometimes. Like they, what is it like? Oh, get out of your own way. And it's like, you know, sometimes I, you know, we've we've heard some of these terms and these phrases, get out of your own way, and the answers are all within. And and I've said them to myself and other people, but sometimes I'm like, no, it literally is that's like a literally get out of your own way. <laughs> like it's not like a foo-foo, woo-woo kind of thing. It's it's quite simple, actually. But um, no, right. I, I appreciate you for that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um 
I want you to share a little bit with me with who's listening is uh, how do you serve your community? How do you show up in your community? What is it that you, that you do to do that? Uh, I, great question. I serve through, through my work. I serve through, um, you know, through my work or, you know, just supporting others and, you know, my work in really helping, uh, helping guide people to their own innate divine intelligence Mm -hmm. to do the healing, to remove our, to remove the blocks that hold us back from stepping into our divine greatness. Mm -hmm. That that's where, where I truly believe that what's needed more than anything in our communities in order to move forward in a much more, you know, even more powerful way than what's already happening is our healing. Yeah. Is, you know, we, there's so much, there's so much that needs to be done in this world. That's true, but it doesn't matter. Nothing matters on the outside. What's happening on the outside. If we're not becoming whole beings on the inside And that, for me, is, you know, it's a, that is, that healing, that coming into your true being, your divine greatness, that, to me, is, that is where I show up as an act of resistance. Yes. Be your light. Be your brightest self. That, for me, is where, you know, I am looking, you know, seeking to activate people where we're activating because there's so many people who do the work, but then come home, you know, do the work on the mm-hmm. fight, but then come home, but, and aren't, you know, aren't able to heal, aren't able to rejuvenate, aren't, you know, still not seeing and allowing for their true light and power to happen for us to give ourselves permission to, you know, to love ourselves at that deep level. And that for me is uh that's that's my area of you know what does it take to you know really become our most divine empowered self because when we act out of our light and not out of our hurt Mm. the power that comes through is you know it's just multiple multiple Mm -hmm. i agree i agree it's it's a different um hue you know, it's a different color of light, you know, for me a lot, I'm a very visual uh, person. A lot of times when I, when I hear people say certain words or certain things, it brings up a visual for me. And when you said, when Mm -hmm. we act out of our light versus out of our hurt, it's like light is, is bright, vivid, you know, lush, you know, colorful experiences, whereas acting out of hurt is more dim and dismal and gray. And, you know, there's, it's lacking in contrast and and it feels different, you know? And while Mm -hmm. sometimes I think going through or growing through the hurt is what allows that light to get a little bit brighter and a little bit brighter and illuminate a little bit further and expand a little bit, a little bit wider. And sometimes I think growing through the hurt is, is where a lot of people get stuck. You know what I mean? And it's because sometimes that hurt is deep and that hurt is heavy and that hurt is, is long. And it's a story that we've been telling for a very long time. And to sit down and start to rewrite that story feels like more work than anybody even wants to consider. But what I've found in my own experiences is one of my, um, one of my coaches and actually one of my therapists also, um, gave me this analogy of a little, a little kid who is afraid of the monster in the corner of their room that when they go to bed and the lights go out, they see this Mm -hmm. monster. And then when they wake up in the morning and the light comes in, they realize it was just a pile of clothes, just a pile of dirty Mm -hmm. laundry. And if they wash the dirty laundry, the monster's not there anymore. And so for me, sometimes going through and looking at my dirty laundry, (laughs) so to speak, my hurt, my pain, my stories, and just washing it and taking the time and putting in the labor, whatever that looks like, to wash it away, it clears away that monster. And not to say that there won't be other hurt that comes later in life, because sometimes it does show up because we are having these human experiences. And as human beings, we do feel hurt. But I think getting through the old hurt is the stuff that we avoid. Yeah. That's the stuff that we avoid. But once we do, then dealing with whatever's to come 
we now know that we can do it, that we have it in us. Like you said, that divine right. innate intelligence is already there. Like, okay, I know how to deal with this. doesn't mean it's not going to hurt. doesn't mean I'm not going to let myself right. feel it, but I know that I'm going to come out on the other side, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I'm going to take that analogy to the even further because what happens, and it's such a beautiful, I've used this, you know, I've used similar mm-hmm. ones. What happens is we fight that monster, mm. you know, at night and we actually gain significance and a false sense of power and identity of who we are because hey, we can fight this monster and now we allow, you know, we, like, because I can fight this monster, because I'm fighting this monster, look Mm. at me, I'm strong, look at me, I'm this knight, look at what I've done, look at who I am, I have, I now have gained significance from this monster, which creates a dependence, Mm. even a bit of an addiction Mm -hmm. to getting because we haven't learned how to get that significance and that value and that love internally, I've now learned to get that from this monster. So I can't, I don't want to heal. There's a part of me that doesn't want to heal it because if I washed, if I turned the light on and then saw they were just funky, dirty clothes and washed them, who am Mm. I now? What do I have? Where am I going to get my significance? Because the monster's gone. Right. And that, you know, that's too scary, you know, to see that, well, you know, on the other side of that, I can't see the light and the healing and the freedom on the other side of that, because I'm afraid of losing my identity because, you know, I created an identity out of it. Yes. Yes. That's so powerful because so many of us thrive with our identities that we've developed from our stories. And like you said, from battle, who am I if I'm not the person who, you know, is, 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 is abused? Who am I if I'm not the person that's addicted? Who am, who, who will I be? What do I even look like if I'm free? You know what I mean? And for me, freedom is very important to me. I value freedom, time, and money. I value a lot of other things. I value love. I value connection. I value you know, a breath. I value a lot of things. Freedom, time, and money are some of the things that I think are at the root of a lot of what people do and why they're doing it. You know, why do you go to work? Oh, because I need the money. Okay. Why did you quit your job? Oh, because I wanted more freedom. Oh, why did you do it? Because I wanted more time. And I think it's because sometimes those things feel like they're unattainable or there's a limit to how much of them is available. When in reality, you know, there isn't. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, Mm -hmm. freedom is something that while a lot of people want it, they are afraid of it because they don't know what it looks like. Well, what will I be like if I have freedom? Well, I don't want to have too much time on my hands because what will I do? And what will I be if I don't have that monster to battle at night? Will I sleep better? What will it look like? How will I, how, yeah. how will I function if I'm no longer you know, in this relationship that defines me? Or how will I function if I'm no longer in this job that defines me? Who will I become? And sometimes that fear, so to speak, of, of, a, of un- uncertainty, you know, is enough to keep people, like you said, fighting that monster over and over and over again and not allowing themselves to see the light that's on the other side. So, yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That was so good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the beautiful thing is, you know, like I, this is what I take my clients through. Mm-hmm. And there is there's that moment of tension. But. The beautiful part is that we, um, the beautiful part is that that question, it's a fair question, but it's just a matter of realizing that those were false identities. Those were never who we really were. That those were just masks that we put on as, you know, as our coping mechanisms to the monster. Like armor. And it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And you can set it down. You you don't need it when you see it's just a pile of clothes. You can set it down and come back to your real state of being. Right. And when you come into that and rest into that, and there's a powerful exercise that would take them mm-hmm. through 
to start to see, oh, this is who I am underneath the yes. mask. Because our masks are so deep, we think that's who we really oh, yeah. are. And it's, and it's not. not. Exactly. And it's not. And it becomes, and it's interesting because I feel like sometimes those masks and that armor, but those masks become fused onto us where it feels like the yes. idea of just un- unbuttoning or unraveling and just taking it off feels impossible because we don't see the, yep. the, we don't see where the mask ends and where we actually begin. And I think that's where, yeah. that's where the work is. That's where partnering with a coach or partnering with a guide or a teacher, that's where I think the value is because sometimes people say, well, if I'm the one doing all the work myself, then why do I need you? Why do I need a coach? Why do I need a teacher? And it's for me to say, well, I don't know. I went to school to learn how to do certain things. I needed a coach when I was running track. I needed a guide when I was going through yoga. I needed, I needed someone there. And then, yes, I still had to keep doing the work once I got home. Once I was no longer at practice, yep. once I was no longer in the classroom, if I really wanted to learn the lesson, it didn't stop when the bell rang. You know what I mean? I had to keep going. I had to keep studying. And so I think that having someone, you know, hold that mirror for you. And my friend and I were talking about reflection the other day and having someone hold that mirror so that you can see that, yes, it's all you, the thoughts, the beliefs, the stories, the armor, the monster, the this, it's all you. And I'm just here to hold the mirror for you so you can see it so that you can actually do the individual work. Because I think that when someone gets to that place where they're able to see the seams between them and the mask, and they're able to see that they can unweave those seams and they can take the mask off and they can lay the armor down and realize that underneath it, they were actually stronger than the armor ever was. They mm-hmm. were actually much, much bigger, much greater than any mask could have ever even, you know, portrayed them to be that the mask itself, that false identity was so false on so many levels that it, it actually was covering the greatness underneath it. It wasn't enhancing it. It was actually, it was putting it out, you know, it was, it was snuffing it out in a lot of ways. So yeah. Wow. I love talking to you. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I love talking to you so much. I have taken up so much of your time and your morning, but my goodness. Yeah, it, well, it's been it has been a treat for me too. It has Thank been you. an absolute. Thank delight. you. Well, before yes. we wrap up, I just want you to share um, if there is something that you could say to your twenty year old self, what would it be? Mm, my twenty year old self, twenty year old Zori. Ah, uh, yes. Um. My 20-year-old self was just starting to realize that she didn't have to exist on a podium, the, um, the pedestal that everyone was putting her on. And so I would tell her, I would remind her that you are your own light all by yourself. You don't have to do anything to prove it. To anybody, you don't even have to do anything to prove it to yourself. To just, you can just be, to allow yourself to be who you are. And that is beyond good enough. And if who you are is shining bigger or brighter, then be that because that's part of, you know, that's part of the calling. And just to, you know, just to rest in that, rest in who you are. I think it took me a really long time to learn that. And the people, your tribe will come based on who you are. You don't have to be or shift or mold that in any way. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. Well, my dear, I appreciate you so much for taking this time and for for sharing your light and for shining your light and letting yourself be seen. I have gotten so much out of this conversation and it is exactly what I needed to hear today. So thank you for your transparency and for your wisdom and for your love. I just, I appreciate you so, so very much. It's, it is absolutely my pleasure. It's, you know, it was a divine calling even for our intersection. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so happy, you know, thank you for having me on their wonderful podcast. And I look forward to uh, sharing it with, um, with my people. 
and being able to, you know, bring that, continue to bring it to light. It's been uh, wonderful. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, enjoy the rest of your Mindful Monday. <laughs> Manifest something powerful today. Yes, thank you. <laughs> you know, if people want to learn more about yes. Zori, you can find me. Uh, my website is ZoriWalker.com or on Instagram at Zen Diva Life, Z-E-N-D-I-V-A-L-I-F-E. Perfect. Thank you. I almost forgot that part and that's very important. So yes, I want people to be able to connect with you and find you as well. And you're on Facebook as well, just Zuri Walker. Okay. Yes. 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 And on Facebook. Fantastic. Okay. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Wow. That conversation that morning, that day when I was in Studio C250 recording, I was really feeling like I was not sure exactly what direction I was going to go in on a particular project that I was leading at the time. And I was in a space where I was really questioning my ability to lead and questioning my role as a leader And after this conversation with Zuri, I really felt so much better and had such a deeper understanding of what it is that I was really meant to be doing, which let me know that if within a 45 minute conversation, this woman was able to create a level of transformation for me that I really, really needed in that moment, I can only imagine the amount of transformation that she is creating with her clients and the people that she's coaching and the community that she serves. So I, again, feel so grateful for Zuri for saying yes to my request, for saying yes to being a part of my podcast, and just for saying yes to being a part of my collective and a part of my tribe. So be sure to follow up with her. Be sure to contact her via social media. Check out her website enroll in coaching. If that's something that you feel like you are being led to do, I strongly support and endorse everything that this woman is doing. And I'm just so privileged for the opportunity for her to be one of my special guests. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Peace. It's time to wrap this up. And I just want to say very sincerely, thank you. You have your choice of thousands of different podcasts that you could be listening to each day. And I appreciate you for choosing this to be one of them. Right now in this moment, I see the light. I see the love, the wisdom, the beauty, the prosperity, the creativity, and the pure joy that shines within each of you. And I bow humbly before your divinity. Namaste. Namaste.